0: If you ever wondered about the Spendthrift Trust and Capital Gains taxes, uh, you've come to the right place, although the answers are not going to be what you're expecting. Hi, my name is Don Thornton. I'm an, I am a Senior Trust Specialist. That means it's my job to educate you on the ins and outs, the A to Z's of the Spendthrift Trust and why you are stupid if you don't invest in one. In today's video, I'm going to talk to you about how the trust works with capital gains taxes about deferring them forever, specifically how it has to do with the irrevocability of the sale of assets into the trust. I'm going to talk about IRS Code 643, which allows the trust to be able to permanently uh, defer any capital gains taxes, when trust assets are sold, and I'm going to talk about how this eliminates basically uh, the need to do a 1031 exchange or to go to Puerto Rico or invest in an in, in opportunity zone and all that crap that people do. So let's get started. Uh, I want to talk about how in in this trust, I'm going to, you know, it's not just a spendthrift trust. It is an, a non-grantor, irrevocable, complex, discretionary spendthrift trust. People, people abbreviate and just go to the spin thread part of it. But actually, for this to work, it needs to have all five pillars. And so we're going to specifically talk about the irrevocability part of the um, uh, trust and how it how it uh, reacts or how it's a part of how assets are taken into the trust. Okay. So what this means is that you cannot transfer an asset into the trust. You have to have sold it irrevocably into the trust. For example, let's say that I have an investment property. Let's say that I have it in a land trust. Uh, Let's say, because I'm a a short sale investor, so I uh, found a, a property in foreclosure, contacted the homeowner. Homeowner said, yeah, you can do a short sale negotiation. My broker partner handled the negotiations part. My contract was accepted by the bank, so therefore they gave an um, agreement letter that I could buy the property at a certain price. I buy it, but I buy in the name of my land trust, and so then uh, it becomes my property through the land trust. I control the land trust, and then what I want to do is for me to get that into the trust, I have to have the land trust move it to me personally, and then I sell it to the trust i don't sell it for money the trust is going to give me paper in exchange for that sale so it's going to be at the same price or less uh than what it was acquired for okay so that way we don't want to trigger any capital gains tax events on the sale of it from me personally into the trust so once that is done i no longer own the property the llc excuse me the land trust does not own the property Now, the trust owns the property completely, right? Now, if I'm trustee of this trust, that means that I, as trustee, own equitable title to the asset and that I manage it on behalf of the beneficiaries of this trust. So I have title to it. I don't own it, okay? I manage it. So so the the investment property is here in in the trust. It's, you know, the lease agreement or the rental agreement with a tenant is or tenants is with the trust. The money, the, the, the rental payments come in every month. They are uh, passive income for the trust. So there are any taxes will, will be deferred forever, permanently. So let's say I decide, you know what, for whatever reason, I want to sell this asset. So the trust will then, you know, you can either sell it by owner or get a, an agent. So let's just say that my broker partner is now going to list the property and list agreement has trustee of the trust is signs, a list agreement. So it is a property of the trust and now it's going to be sold as property of the trust. So when the money comes in, that means that it's all going to come into the trust because the trust was a seller and it comes in the trust bank account. All right. So that's how, that's why the irrevocable, how this has to be irrevocable trust for that to happen. Now, I'm going to get into a little bit later about how that actually works with capital gains tax. Uh, but the most important thing i need to tell you right now is that you need to just subscribe to my channel. I mean, here I am. I'm giving you the A, Z, you know, the, the ins and outs of, of this trust. I do it for free. And all I ask in return is that you subscribe so that way you get notified whenever a new video drops. I do this about two or three times a week. And don't forget to click the bell so that way you're notified immediately when this goes live. Uh, So uh, another very important part of the spendthrift trust and how how it um, relates to capital gains tax uh, permanent deference is the fact that this trust is in complete, is in absolute complete compliance with IRS code 643. okay And so what does that mean? It means that IRS code 643 basically was included in the tax code for this type of trust. I mean, you know, the the really, really ultra wealthy have been using the trust for centuries. They were no dummies. They they had their attorneys, you know, as lobbyists. Uh, you know, basically write the tax code for the the U.S. in the uh, 1930s when the tax code was instituted. And this IRS Code Six Forty Three has to do with these trusts. Now, uh, I want to read to you uh, the very the most important clause in this. And this, I'm quoting from a senior revenue agent with the department of treasury that was responsible for the examination of corporate tax returns, real estate investing trusts, high income individuals and related taxable income or entities, I should say about how this works with this, with this code. So I'm going to read it. I'm going to read the, the the relevant analysis of this IRS code 643 and how it relates to capital gains and the deferment of capital gains taxes. Okay. So it says here uh, title 26, subtitle A. Chapter 1, Subchapter 1, Part 1, Subpart A, Section 643, define definitions that are applicable to IRS Code 643 A, B, C, and D clearly define and outline that the gains from the sale or exchange of capital assets shall be excluded to the extent that such gains are allocated to the corpus of the trust under the terms of the governing instrument and applicable local laws shall not be considered income. That, so that should help you feel better about, if you're contemplating about whether you're going to invest in a trust and use this uh, trust as a, as a strategy to not have to pay capital gains taxes. So let's look at this. Okay. So you we go back to the previous uh, part of this video where I explained to you how the asset has to be uh, sold into the trust, has be irrevocably sold. Now we're talking about the sale. So like I told you, the trust gets the money from the title company at the sale. And that money comes into the corpus of the trust, right? So the very key part of this, of 643, says that as long as this money is allocated to the trust, the corpus of the trust, and it's not being dispersed, okay? It stays inside the trust then it is not considered a taxable event for the trust, which means that any capital gains that would have been due can now be deferred forever, right? So that's the power of this trust and how it is in complete compliance with RS Code 643. So I hope that didn't go over your head a little bit. You know, rewind it and watch, you know, watch it a few times and you'll get it, right? It's very simple. The trust owns the property, but sold irrevocably. Sell it out there. The trust is the seller on the contract. Sold. Title company wires the money into the bank account of the trust. It is now inside the corpus of the trust, right? Allocated in accordance with the governing instrument of the trust, which is the contract. This is a contract law trust. That means there's no disbursements that money stays in the trust and there's no taxes. The capital gains taxes that would have been paid are now deferred permanently as long as the trust stays in existence. And uh, you know, if it did go over your head and you have some questions, then please leave me a comment. Ask me as many questions as you want. I'll be glad to uh, respond to you. I respond very quickly. And you know, again, I'm not doing this for my health. I, I, I want to help you, of course, but I want that algorithm to help me get better engagement, to get more eyeballs on my content because I'm on a mission to educate people on this trust and, and how they, everybody should have one. So um, now I want to talk to you about how the capital gains works and how 1031 exchanges work. And we're going to show you how the 1031 change is really a dodo bird. It's it's extinct. I mean, it's still hanging on just because people don't know about it. I predict within two or three years, only complete idiots are gonna be still using 1031 exchanges instead of using this. So the way it works right now is when an investor, let's say, keep keep on the the example of an investment property. As a real estate investor, I bought the short sale. I've rented it out for a while, let's say over a year, maybe a year and a half. And I decide for whatever reason that I'm going to sell it, okay? So normally when I would sell that, then I would owe capital gains. So I think it's around 24% right now. So let's just, just use some easy math. Let's say that the property is a million dollars. So you're going to a million dollars on profit. Let's say it's free and clear. So a million dollars profit on the sale of that asset, on the sale of that investment property. So that means that you would owe $240,000 in capital gains tax. So the only real loophole, well, there's like three loopholes on this, but the most prevalent is a 1031 exchange. And that means what you would have to do is you would have to search for another property that's similar to the property you just sold. You know, square footage, price, you know, all that stuff. It's really complicated. You have to jump through hoops to do this. That's why around 50% of the uh, uh, 1031 exchanges don't work. And you have to bite the bullet and pay the tax. So you have 60 days to get under contract. You have six months to close. If anything blows up, you're screwed. And you're going to have to pay the piper on that. Now, isn't it just so much more, isn't it just easier and simpler and elegant when if you just do what I described earlier in this video, is you sell your asset irrevocably to the trust, it becomes a trust asset. The trust sells it. The money comes into the trust, stays inside the corpus of the trust, and then any capital gains that would have been paid normally are deferred forever as long as it stays in the corpus of the trust and no distributions are taken. So you're probably saying, well, Don, you're going to need that access to that money, right? Well, again, you're trustee of the trust. So you can, let's say if in this previous example, if you had $240,000 that was supposed to go to the IRS and now it's in your trust and no taxes. And so that gives you an additional $240,000. You can invest that and the trust can invest that in other investment properties. You're not... You're not obligated to do the exact same property. You could take that million, two hundred forty. Let's say that million dollars. You would have only had, let's see, what is it, eight hundred sixty thousand dollars or seven hundred sixty thousand um, dollars, after you took away the capital gains uh, check that you wrote to uh, IRS. Now well, you have that more money, so you can take that money and you can buy ten single-family homes, or you could buy two or three duplexes. You have complete discretion on how you want to invest in this. That's why the 1031 is going to go away because you have – you don't have to worry about all those hoops you have to jump through, and now it's just easy. You just invest like you would normally with no restrictions from the government and no, uh, um, uh, no um, uh, obli- uh, obligation to pay the tax. And so you, know, you don't have to go to Puerto Rico for six months out of the year to avoid paying capital gains tax. You don't have to you know, uh, invest your money in an enterprise or it should be an uh, opportunity zone. And yeah, you can not pay any taxes, any capital gains taxes on whatever you invest, but you gotta wait 10 years to get access to that money. Why would you do that stuff? This is the most elegant, simple way to do it. So I hope that you found value in this. If you're thinking about uh, using this as a strategy, please, Go to the description of this video. There's my website there. Go to it, um, and you can uh, read my ebook, and also watch a webinar that I recorded recently. And then and also there's a place for you to uh, click, and you can schedule a strategy session with you, with me, I should say. And I will go over everything in more detail and show you just how much money you can save and how much time and worry that's going to be removed if you just follow this simple strategy. Thanks.